Were there a lot of people, though, privately that were not able to publicly agree with you, but came to you and supported you and said, hey, like, we're with you, even if they weren't able to take a public stand with you? 100%. I, I got a bunch of text messages, calls, um, mm. you know, people who I would see, you know, kind of going along with, you know, everything that was happening in public, but at the same time would say, you know, I agree with you and what you did was so courageous. But at the same time, I, I understand the moment. I understood the pressure that everyone was under. And so um, even though, you know, what I did was hard to do and people said it took a lot of courage, I can, I, I understood the people who were struggling in that moment to find courage to do it. And that's a part of the reason why I chose to do it because I could be an inspiration. I could give people encouragement to say, standing for what you believe in is important and it's necessary and I can do it too. Oh man, we'll kick those tires and start that virtually fake fire. It is time to camp. Today, we welcome a tower of power. In fact, the tallest individual we've ever had on this program by a factor of a thousand X. He is a practicing magician for the Orlando Magic, performing feats of such superhuman athletic prowess, they should come with a trigger warning. Who am I speaking of? A man named Jonathan Isaac, who did something that few people would ever dare to do in their lives, and that is take a stand for something they believe in. We welcome him to the program today, and thankfully we're not in our bus because I don't think he would fit in it. So please welcome Jonathan Isaac, a practicing wizard, to the program. What's up, man? You got to stop saying that. <laughs> practicing <laughs> magician and wizard people are going to think I'm crazy. But no, uh, uh, thank you so much for having me, man. I'm excited to talk with you. Absolutely, man. Well, um, so the first thing, we have to clear this up right away. This is what everyone's wondering. You know, you're a, a practicing Christian like myself. We understand the importance of forgiveness. Um, have you ever prayed about, talked with God about forgiveness for not going to the University of Florida um, and instead attending some other institution? I'm just curious if that's something you've processed, you know? No, not not for a second. Not for a second. So, uh I'm glad God led me to Florida State, and I had a great year, and now I'm with the Orlando Magic. <laughs> <laughs> I ask, uh, my mother is the world's proudest Florida Gator, went to school with Steve Spurrier. The, my youngest memories as a child are this, dun, 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 dun. so she's, uh, you know, I'd ask that one for her, because Florida State is not a welcome, in fact, I'm going to make sure no one hears this, Florida State's not a welcome school in this household, so <laughs> Oh man! Well, it's uh, it's been a it's been an interesting time, huh? You know, yeah. I know. I uh, I'm excited to talk about your book and everything. I, look, I know you get asked these questions all the time, so I I'd love to get into some other stuff today. But you know, I'd love to just go back to that moment when life is about to change. And did you have any idea that uh, you would kind of like? Do you do you look at where you're at now and just go, man? How did how did this all happen? How did I get here? Do you ever have any of those moments? Definitely. Like when, when it, especially when it comes to writing a book, that's not something that I would have ever in a million years, like said, that's something that I want to do, especially when you get to read the book and hear about my journey, you'll be like, to see who Jonathan Isaac is today, it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but at the same time, I being here, I do feel a level of like, you know, God, like, like placing me here, a, a level of belonging because of the journey that I've been through. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of dope. I, I do feel like, wow, I never expected it, but at the same time, I feel like I'm walking in, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. So sort of uh, kind of at a date with this destiny, uh, it right, sounds right, like. Right. Uh, 
Yeah, you know, it's I've always marveled at um, because regardless of whether people agree or disagree, I am always drawn to when people decide to take a stand, and I'm always blown away throughout history that uh, just simple acts. And again, some I agree with, some disagree, but it's amazing how someone just uh, taking a a, a stand and a, and a courageous stand uh, in the face of opposition can just change life instantly. Right. Right. Uh, and it's just and it's absolutely fascinating. So I'm curious when all this went down. Was there a roller coaster of like a first like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I just did this or what was kind of the I'd love to ask a little bit kind of like the emotions and the psychology that you were going through when all this went down and then how your faith kind of kept you grounded during that time. Yeah, well, it was it was tough. Um, you know, obviously, when, when George Floyd had first you know died tragically, um, the world was just kind of lit on fire um, and everyone was so emotional. Everything got so polarizing. Um, but what I tried to do was just take a step back and say, OK, what is the best way for me to think about this? What's the best way for me to respond in this moment? Even if I if, if I have to respond at all, it wasn't until we got into the NBA bubble that there was this pressure on on us that, you know, to kneel for the national anthem and to wear the Black Lives Matter T-shirt. And so for me, I was like, OK, this thing is going to get real because I, I, I had a feeling that I knew this wasn't something that I wanted to do. I didn't want to go along with what everyone was doing just because they were doing it. Um, I wanted to think for myself and kind of marinate on what's the right way to go um but then I, I you know talking with my pastor beforehand talking with my fiance at the time we were like you know i, I don't think kneeling for the national anthem and wearing a t-shirt is the answer for this moment um ultimately we believe the gospel is the love of jesus christ showing that is the answer and so uh you know you get to the bubble and the, and the night before and this is also all in the book the night before i'm on the phone with my pastor and i'm telling him like i don't think you understand how how big this thing is going to be I don't think you understand how polarizing this moment is. And if I do this, I'm going to get a ton of backlash. Um, I haven't signed my contract yet, so that's still up in the air. Um, but we came with a consensus that, listen, you cannot stand for God and God not stand for you. And so we went into the moment and I was pretty much in, in my mind. I was saying, you know what? I can't think of a greater message or antidote um, for not only racism, but all the things that plague, the, plague men's hearts than, other than the gospel. And so uh, that's what I decided to stand up and say. And you know, there was a lot of backlash. It was really, it was a really anxious, you know, moment. And, you know, I was, I was afraid. I didn't sleep the night before. <laughs> um, were you, uh, was your heart racing when that was happening? I mean, was it like one of the longest moments um, when, when you were standing? Like, did you feel like time stood still? A little bit. But when, when I was standing, what I tried my best to do, I, I was, I was praying in my head. I was saying like, God, like purify my motives. Like, let this be about you and not about me. Like, you know, just let whatever you want to happen out of this happen. And so even though it was an anxious moment, in that moment of me standing, I did have peace. I was like, okay, I know what I'm standing for. I I, 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 I see everything that everyone else sees. I see, you know, not only racism, but again, all the things that plague the hearts of men. I'm saying this, what we're doing right now, this demonstration isn't the answer. Ultimately, Christ is. And so that's, that's how we got here. Now, would I know you've got a taste of uh, media misrepresentation now? So now you're getting baptized uh, by fire. You know, you got to be careful with uh, what you say. <laughs> um, I, I mean, gosh, I have uh, I have not had to deal with that yet. But I, I'm, I mean, that has got to be so immensely frustrating um, to have people writing and saying things about you when they've never met you, uh, have no idea like what your thought process. You know, it's one of the things about today's culture and society it seems like everyone has to have an opinion on something and uh, on that note were there a lot of people though privately that were not able to publicly agree with you but came to you and supported you and said hey like we're with you even if they weren't able to take a public stand with you 100 I, I got a bunch of text messages calls um 
Mm. You know, people who I would see, you know, kind of going along with, you know, everything that was happening in public, but at the same time would say, you know, I agree with you and what you did was so courageous. But at the same time, I, I understand the moment. I understood the pressure that everyone was under. And so um, even though, you know, what I did was hard to do and people said it took a lot of courage, I can, I, I understood the people who were struggling in that moment to find courage to do it. And that's a part of the reason why I chose to do it, because I could be an inspiration. I could give people encouragement to say, standing for what you believe in is important and it's necessary and I can do it too. And I even had conversations with different athletes afterwards where they said, I want to stand too, but I'm afraid. And I was able to walk them through it um, the same way my pastor walked me through it um, and, and, you know, for them to ultimately stand. Right. Well, so what did you, what was your, was, uh, what was your pastor's advice to you um, sort of on the precipice of this journey? You know, so he, he, he was preaching a message um, right around when the riots and things were going on. It was, pretty, again, a, a really tense time. And it was about uh, when Jesus was about to get captured by the Roman guard and how Peter lunged forward and cuts off the guy's ear. And Jesus says, listen, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. And, and Jesus heals the guy's ear and gets taken away, obviously. And um, what he was talking about was ultimately love at the end of the day was going to be the thing that heals the world and how a lot of times we can be like Peter and you know want to fight fire with fire and, but anger only begets anger and hate only begets hate. And if we're willing to extend a hand and love in this moment and forgive in this moment, the same way that God loves and forgives us, then we could have real change. And this is for, you know, it was, it, it's a message for Christians ultimately, because I, I one of the things I, I say is that the only reason that I want to love is the way that is because of the way that I've been loved. So God loves me in spite of my sin, in spite of my faults, in spite of my shortcomings. And so that that helps me want to love other people that way. And he forgives me in the same sense. And so because of that, Christians having that understanding in moments of tragedy, in moments of divide, and when the world is trying to divide us, you know, it could be us that that stand up and choose to to love and choose to um, forgive. Hmm. And and so now fast forward to, uh, to today, you've got a book coming out. Uh, how did this all uh, how did the book come about? So the book came about was after the whole stand, the the game after I decided to stand in the bubble. So I stood twice. I, I stood for the second game and I tore my ACL. Mm. And so I had a really big knee injury. And that was like the the second heap of negativity because everyone's coming out saying, oh, a knee for a knee and God did this to you and all this. So it was, it was terrible. Mm. Um, so I, I leave the bubble and, you know, I go get surgery and I'm home and I get this influx of letters and all these people, even though there was negativity, there was a mountain of encouragement and people who were inspired and encouraged by the stand. And so, uh, you know, um, my pastor comes over and he's like excited. He's excited when he comes over. He says, listen, you need to write a book. He's like, you need to write a book and you need to make a movie. <laughs> he said, your book's going to get turned into a movie. And he was saying that people know your stand, but they don't know your story. Um, and one mm. of the things that I was saying, especially as I was writing the book, I was saying, man, like, the story really gives the stand its backbone because here I am saying, I believe that Jesus Christ to be the answer, but now I can show you through my book <laughs> why I stand, how Jesus has been the answer for me. And so uh, it takes you through the journey of my life. I struggled with, I struggled immensely when I was younger with anxiety and fear. Um, while I was at Florida State playing basketball, I was the number one player in the state of Florida and I was on anxiety medication and nobody wow. knew. And so um, it wasn't until I was able to develop a relationship with Christ where um, I had the peace of not having to work for love. And that was a part of what was so hard for me when I was younger. I, my parents had split up when I was 10 and not to give too much of the story away. My parents split up when I was 10 and I moved from black Bronx, New York to white Naples, Florida. And I 
really struggled to fit in. Like I, I took on the nickname Ethiopia really quickly because I was so skinny and uh, it was just tough. And that was the first time that I became really self-conscious of myself. Like I don't fit in. Um, and that's when I found basketball and basketball kind of was the remedy because as I got better, everybody wanted to be around me. I had friends and all that thing, but it, it, was, it wasn't enough to, to sustain me. I still struggle with those things behind the scenes. And so um, uh, the, the story goes that a man stops me in an elevator and he says, I can tell you how to be great. And I'm like, I'm already in the NBA. And I'm like, tell me how to be great. I'm in the NBA. And he's like, you have to know Jesus. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I know Jesus. I grew up Christian and all that stuff, but I didn't. And from then on, the story takes like this wild turn. And then all of these circumstances and situations happen that are ultimately God led. And I was able to take a step back and say, wow, God is real and God loves me for me. I don't have to perform for it. I don't have to make a shot for it. And that was the first time that I had a sense of peace in my life and have just grown in that relationship with him. And that guy that stopped me in the elevator went on to become my pastor today. Oh, wow. All right. So, man, well, I, I want to balance this because I we don't want to give away all the trade secrets in the book. Right. And we're going to we're going okay, to that's literally that's literally like I'm we got we got to tease. Well, because I did like, I did want to ask when, you know, when faith uh, because it's interesting, you know, Christianity can be adopted culturally um, by all of us and we can, you know, just kind of call ourselves Christians. But um, right. I'm curious, you know, when it sounds like that was the beginning of when it became real. So did you grow up? Uh, did you grow up uh, Christian or was it something that uh, became much more real later on in life? I grew up Christian, but for me, it was always traditional. Like I, I didn't know what was going on. I just knew that we go to church, we pray, we reverence God, but it's it's not, I didn't know that God wants to walk through life with me. He's a mm. friend. He's a, he's a father. He's a, uh, he's a confidant. Like I didn't know any of that stuff. And so as I begin to, to, to actually, you know, God make himself real to me and grow in a relationship with him, I'm like, wow, like, my life really started to turn. I really started to say, God, I, I want to please you. I'm I, not not perfection, but my aim is to to do right by you. And I've seen my life just grow and change and blossom. And I'm married now for seven months, and and you know that that's a product of that. And now I'm, I'm writing a book, and all these different things are happening. When I used to, when I first got to the league, I was like, man, I'm living. I got everything that everybody wants. I got the car, I got the girls, I got the money. But I I couldn't have been more wrong. And I've been able to experience what it is to to have abundant life. Um, you know, how Jesus said, you know, I came that you may have abundant life. And so I've experienced that and, and, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. What was the react? You know, it's interesting when people, uh, when you started developing a deeper relationship with Christ, was that met with skepticism by some people? Was it met with because you're like, wait, what do you, you know, are you really changing your tune to this? I, I'm curious, uh, or was there opposition to your newfound? Cause usually people are a little, oh. you know, suspect, uh, of when you, when you turn your life around like that. 100%. And what you have to hear too is like, this is all happening while I'm in the NBA. Mm. And so the same teammates that I was going to the club with, drinking and all that stuff, doing my thing, the next few weeks, I'm like, you know, I don't want to go anymore. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to uh, this and that. And there's a, there's a story in the book where a couple months into um, coming to Christ, that same pastor, he's like, you should bring a word. Like you should preach on a Sunday. And uh, it's 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 crazy, uh, and the story is so funny. But like, and he's like, and you should invite your teammates. And so he, and then so, I I pray about it. He's like, only give me your answer when you really pray about it. And uh, so I end up doing it. I pray about it. And again, this is the same guy that struggled with fear and anxieties about to preach on a Sunday, um, and invite his teammates. And so I have to go to these teammates that 
again, a couple months ago, we were in the club doing a thing. And then I'm saying, you know what, I'm going to preach <laughs> this upcoming Sunday. Do you want to come? <laughs> but in, in, none of them came, but it doesn't matter. It was just like, <laughs> <laughs> no one came. Oh, no man, not, not even. Oh, that's a shame, man. But but, but it, it wasn't about that. It was just right. about the fact that I was willing to to face those fears and anxieties. And and, and my life was really changing. I really was having a, a I really was transforming. Um, and so. Uh, so, yeah, so I, there was there was skepticism from them for sure because they're like well, i don't know if this is real i don't know if this is just a fad or um what's really happening with you but yeah and now look at you now right so you know staying power uh, all right well again i don't want to try and steal too much from the book here because i did notice that you are uh still in the first year of bliss of marriage and yes. uh i'm curious um you know how did you how did you meet your wife and uh you know did do you think was I always love asking couples of this, you know, do you feel that God was involved in identifying your spouse? No, one, 100%. And so I, I, I met her in church. So I, I think that's the, another that's, reason to go to church folks, if you're right? considering I mean, it, right. <laughs> I, I think that's the biggest, uh, you know, note right there that it was, that it was God led. I met her in church and it wasn't, it wasn't like our, our stories. Like when I got to, when I got to the church, um, she was the one who, she wasn't really giving me any attention. And it was something that I was used to. Like, you know, girl, <laughs> give me attention. Like, this girl isn't giving me any attention. Um, but and 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 honestly, for me, like I, I wasn't really checking for her either because I had this, I already had this mindset of the world of like, you know, girls come to me and all these different things. But um, as I began to grow, she became more and more attractive mm-hmm. to me because I got to see her heart. I got to see how much she really truly loved God and 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 served in the church and was faithful and all those different things. I'm like, wow, like that is a woman that I would want to, you know, be with her. I feel like, you know, you know, our, we will be compatible in a way. And so, but it's, it's definitely been God led. And that story too is in the book. Oh uh, man, you're so. killing me here, man. You got, I, can you tell us like, do we know what your opening line was? Do we have any, uh, any moves that you're, when you finally decided to, you know, did you, did you try a few shots and get shot down? You know, oh, I, listen, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I got game, but, <laughs> uh, but so the, I, I met her, uh, the first couple of times that we got to meet each other was actually at prayer. And so I started to go, the pastor started to take me to like 5.30 prayer, like during the season. So I'd wake up super early and go pray and she would be there as well, praying already. Um, oh, yeah, that's how you know she's the one. She's at the 6 a.m. prayer service? 6 a.m. prayer service. Oh, prayer dang, time. man. Oh, uh, well, all right, there you go. Eastern time? <laughs> Eastern time. But, but yeah, like the, the book is so much more than just the stand. It really is a story about you know, my journey and how I came to become who I am today and the people who helped influence me to get here. So my pastor, my now wife, my church family, all those different things. And you get to see you get to see a boy grow up and ultimately find his identity and find himself in Christ. Hmm. That's awesome, man. Well, folks, it just sounds like we're going to keep, you know, having to we're going to have to read the book to find out you know, how he how he gets this girl. You know, I'm curious, what's y'all's height, height differential, by the way? She's six. She's six foot. Oh man, you guys are gonna! Wow. All right. Well, you guys are gonna have some serious power power children. <laughs> so, for sure. I, that's funny because I think I saw a picture y'all somewhere, and I'm like, oh, I know he's six ten, and I'm just like, oh man, she looks not six foot, but it's because you're six ten. So there you go. Um, all right. So moral story: go to the early morning prayer service. That's where the the right woman is uh, waiting for you. Um, so I'm I'm curious too. You know what is. Um, you know, what is kind of your, your spiritual walk right now look like? So I actually I do want to dig into prayer a little bit more. So are you still waking up, you know, five 30, you know, praying and what's, uh, what's kind of 
prayer look like for you right now? Uh, n- not so much 5.30 in the morning. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. We got the girl. Now we can sleep in a little bit. God understands. Got it. <laughs> Especially as just, you know, with, with this book and just the craziness of the, the schedule and travel and all that stuff has changed. But um, but definitely, I, st- I still find time to just get away and spend time with God and, you know, read my word and all that stuff and just stay, just stay grounded, stay connected um, and, and just go from there. Oh, that's awesome. Um, what uh, I love asking this. What is there anything you wish you could take your younger self, grab him by the shoulders and plead with them and just be like, bro, listen to me, like, hear me on this. And it's tough because I know that you're I think you're the, a very ripe young age still. So this may be tough. But like, is there any lesson you oh, wish you could go back and tell yourself? Easy, 100 percent, I would say. And it's something that I say to young people all the time today. I say God is not trying to take anything from you. He's trying mm. to get to you. And that's also in the book. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, God isn't trying to take anything away from you. And, and, you know, growing up, it was like, you know, everybody thinks that, like, God is trying to take away my fun and God is this and God is that. It's like it couldn't be farther from the truth. Every every girl that I was messing with before, you know, was was only taking the space and the time of who would, be, who would become my wife. And so it's like God wasn't trying to take them away from me. God was trying to get the right one to me. And so uh, that that's just something that I always like to share. And I, I think about it from time to time now, but I would definitely want to shake my younger self and say, God, God is God is on your side. He wants you to be great. He wants you to become what he created you to be. And he just has the the blueprint and the guide to get you there. Um, and and it's just it's just it's just the truth. And when Jesus says that he came, that we might have life and have life more abundantly, it's the truth. And I, feel, I really feel like I'm a living example of that, having been in the league and then get saved. Uh, so that, that's something that I like to share with the kids. Oh man, well I'm I'm I wanted to ask you another. I'm a, I think I know the answer is that it's in the book because um, I wanted to see if you had a, a crazy cool story of answered prayer. Is there, do you have any answered prayer stories that are not in the book that are available for public consumption? Uh, otherwise, because you're making a great. I got to tell you, no one has ever guarded their book with the secrets this well. Everyone else, I usually can get them to give me something, but man, we are just going to have to buy this thing. You got to get it. Um, I, I was I would say answered prayer. Um, I mean, what would I share? Uh, we can you can do healings, we can do angelic visitations, we can get as weird as you want. I I ask people usually this is the what I usually do is I ask folks, uh, do you have a spooky kind of Twilight Zone story of something like kind of weird that happened? And I actually okay okay I'll take you up on that one. Okay, so okay. this is story. And it's not in the book. This is this is not in the book. Hey, okay. we fo- we found something. <laughs> okay. okay. But at the same time, I don't want to like spook your spook your followers out or anything. Like Dude, that. we have heard. Trust me, when you listen, because obviously you're going to go back now and listen to all the episodes. Um, but uh, you'll, dude, everyone's. It's been one of the coolest parts of the journey. Everyone's got a spook. We have a we have a guy who was kidnapped in France and thrown in the back of a car. I was like, bro, that's not even spooky. That's just okay. that's scary. Okay. So okay. we got good stuff. Let's get to it. Okay, so I, I've been going to church for a little while, um, and and. I go to Baham to the Bahamas with two of my my old high school friends. And so I'm like, I'm a new Christian and I'm like, okay, we're gonna go to the Bahamas, but we're gonna be good. <laughs> and so we go to the Bahamas, the season's over with, I go and I uh I, I'm still I'm still maturing. I, I'm still, you know, talking to my pastor all the time, all that stuff. The the girl's not in the picture yet though. And so uh we go to the Bahamas and they're like, yo, we should go out to the club. And I'm like, yo, we're not going to the club. We're not going. Or you guys can go. I'm not going with you. And then it turns into, okay, we'll just go for a little bit. Okay? <laughs> so we go to the club. And the thing is, like, 
we are not going to drink. There's no drinking going on on this trip. No, okay. no, no. One drink. <laughs> One drink, that's it. And so we have a drink, and obviously the, the everything flies off the head. We, we, we get drunk and uh, go back to the hotel, and I'm like, Jonathan, you idiot. You know you shouldn't be doing this. You know you should be doing this. And so come back the next day, they're like, we should do it again. Like, And I'm like, no. This time I'm like, no, I'm going to be strong. You guys go. I'm going to stay home. So they go to the club. I stay home and I'm 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 asleep now. I'm like laying in bed, and out of nowhere, I feel this this gush of wind come over the bed, and like I'm I'm laying there and it's like it's like whoosh whoosh like whooshing over the bed, and I'm like I'm like pinned. I, I feel pinned to the bed like I can't move, and uh and then I hear, hey Jonathan, I promise you on on everything that I last said. He says, hey, Jonathan, and I'm so spooked. I'm like, I'm never drinking again. <laughs> and so I'm so spooked. And uh, and then and then they come into the uh, they come home. So they, well, to the to the hotel room, they come into the hotel room and it's like every everything stops. And uh, and so I, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, like, what the heck was that? I have no idea what that was. And to me, that was my first like weird, like spiritual kind of experience. And uh, so I go home now. I go home and I'm feeling super guilty about what I did. And, uh, you know, I get my, my pastor on the phone. He's like, do, do you have something to tell me? I'm like, no, what do you mean? No, I don't have anything to tell you. He's like, Jonathan, you have something to tell me? I'm like, no, no, I don't have anything to tell you. He's like, Jonathan, tell me. I'm like, I got drunk while I was gone. <laughs> he, was, he was like, I know. He was like, I had a dream about it. And I was like, what in the, and that, that was the first time where I was like, yo, this thing is really real. Like, it's not just real, it's really real. And so he was like, he had a dream about it. So I told him, and he was like, you're good like you know it's everybody's on a progress and you need to repent about it go to prayer repent about it and go from there so that's my story dang well you know it's crazy you are the fourth person to talk about a potential demonic slash spiritual <laughs> encounter in their room here uh that is okay so I just, I, for posterity i have to ask so one uh it couldn't have been the window open right uh, no there was no window open okay so no no light sea breeze from the bahamas coming in there um, you, this is the second night, so you're not drunk when this is happening. No, I'm not drunk. This is sober at home, lonely while your friends are out hanging out. Yes. And then was the voice like, uh, sounds kind of Jezebelian. Was this like, uh, you it know, was, it, it was kind of happy. Like it, it wasn't like, Hey, Jonathan, it was like, Hey, but at the same time, kind of maniacal. Whoa. So it was like, like, Hey, Jonathan. And I was like, I was just freaked, man. And it couldn't have been someone in the hallway or, uh, <laughs> You know? Who knows? But all I know is that it set me straight. And so hey. whatever, whatever, whatever God used it for, it was good. That's good, man. That's a, I'll have to send you. Uh, we had another an interview with our boy, uh, Tyler Ward. He had a, a same thing happen. And he had, a, he had, to, he told Alexa to turn on the lights and Alexa wouldn't respond. And uh, he's just got the room got super cold. And he was like, Alexa, turn on the lights. Nothing happened. He's like, okay, time to start praying. Uh, <laughs> and got that thing out of there. So, well, that is a great story and not in the book, but still creepy, dude. Oh, thank you for sharing that. That is yeah. moral of the story, folks. Go to the Bahamas. Only go to the club once, not twice. <laughs> and I, hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, too. This, this, uh, I'm going to give you a sneak peek, into, sneak peek into the book. This is the story of the first time that I ended up preaching. And so I am I'm, I'm home. So, again, it's, I'm, I'm learning. I'm going to church all the time. I'm kind of, you know, getting on fire for Christ and all this stuff. So I'm home and I'm in bed and I start sweating. 
I, I just, I'm, I'm in bed. I can't really sleep like that, but I start sweating. I'm like, why am I sweating? And I, I feel this like unction almost to like, like preach, like say, like, like almost like something like not a voice, but it's just like something in me is like saying preach. And so I start like, I start like preaching like to myself, like, you know, when we, when we do what God asks us to do, then we can expect the blessings of God. I'm just saying it to myself and I'm still sweating. And I feel, I feel like the unction is stronger, like preach, like preach. So I go in front of, uh, I go in front of my mirror, right? And I'm like, uh, and so I, I I take it a little farther. Like I'm keep I'm preaching to myself in the mirror. I'm still sweating. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And this is, I don't know anything about the spirit or the Holy Spirit or anything like that. I don't know nothing about that. And uh, then I, I go and that, that's when I tell my pastor, like, yo, I had this weird, like, I felt like something, like it's some, something was telling me to preach. And he's like, you're going to preach on Sunday. And I'm like, what? No, I'm not. And, and that's, that's how the story goes to him saying you should preach and then you should uh you should invite your teammates boom oh that's great man dude thank you for that vulnerability that's so cool and uh everyone's got a word man everyone's got a word to share and will we share it i guess that's the question we have to ask ourselves um last question for you since uh, i love doing this with my newly married friends um uh, who uh, they're married for you know less than a year and they're already giving marriage seminars um but uh we all have that couple but uh what uh, what have you learned in uh, your almost year of marriage? What's the what's the wisdom for people looking to get married and who are currently married? What have you learned? What have I learned? I would say I would say two things. I would say it's it's it, marriage to me is like a, a, a noble aspiration. It's it's the, the, there's nobility in 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 being willing enough to to try to do it. And so, um, but at the same time, it's it's an immense responsibility, and it's not something that's 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 light or easy, and it's something that you have to you have to try at. It's something that you have to. You, it's almost like game plan and and fight for. It's, it's it's not something that's easy. It's something that tests you, uh, but it's something that you have to you have to will it. It's, it's not something that just moves on its own. And one thing that my pastor always says is that when you say I do, you really say I die, because you're dying to yourself. And so one thing that marriage has taught me is about me, about where I'm off, where I'm selfish, where I'm irresponsible, where I can be so much better. And so, but mm. are, you, are, you, are you willing to look at yourself and are you willing to try and combat it and be better and grow? And I think, I think marriage, you know, it, God's purpose is it makes you better. It makes you a better person. It makes you a better partner and then you get into being a, a parent and all that stuff it's it's something to force you to grow mm. if you're willing if you're willing if you're willing man well that's uh that is a great place to end that is the question we all need to ask ourselves are we willing you know <laughs> are, you, are you married i'm not i am still the most eligible bachelor uh east yeah. of the four of the 405 you gotta uh, get prayer. dude i know man so, well covid didn't help that exactly you know you got to have the six social distance prayer but uh i know seriously i don't know i mean your wife's beautiful i've seen i don't know what prayer meeting she was at but that's the meeting i need to be at so you know i was like dang so yeah we'll just well hey two more in agreement so i mean it's might as well it's just been sown on as it is on earth and in heaven right awesome yeah man well anything else you want to talk before we uh is there anything we, you want to give one last shot of the book uh is there anything else yeah. you want to talk about because we can i'm going to edit splice i'll make this super pretty It'll be awesome yeah anything yeah, else you want to talk about 
again, I would just encourage people to go grab it. Amazon It is the number one Christian book on Amazon right now. So shout out to everybody who has gotten it. And again, the story is it's not just about the stand. It really is the journey about confronting fear, becoming who you are through developing a relationship with Christ. And that is the message that I want to put forward and, and just have everybody. I think it can help everybody. And so go check it out. Hmm. Amen to that. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for, I mean, you didn't get to do the full camping experience with us, which again, I don't think you would fit in our bus, but uh, when gas prices come down, inflation comes under control and you happen to be in the same city as me, uh, we'll get you in the bus for an actual camping trip. Um, in the meantime, though, I so appreciate you joining us. And uh, yeah, it's been really great talking with you, man. I really appreciate anyone who's willing to stand up for the, what they believe, regardless of whether they, uh, people agree with you or not. Um, it takes courage to stand up for an unpopular position. So good job, man. Thank you so much to God be the glory. And I will definitely take you up on getting in the bus at some point. Amen to that. You heard there, folks. Verbal contract is binding in the state of California. So thanks for camping, folks. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us, folks. If you want to help us out, and we're confident you do, go ahead and hit that subscribe button here on our YouTube channel. And if you ever feel like just listening to these, you can check us out on all major podcast streaming